0: Hi, my name is Steve Thomas, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged as together we open God's Word and consider how it applies to our lives. Well, if you've been around much at all this year, you know that our theme is Make Him Known. We want to know Jesus, we want to know others, and we want to take steps to make Him known known. And we're in this study of the book of Jonah, and today's message is entitled Whale Belly Revival. (laughs) Whale Belly Revival. How many of you have in the keys to your car, you have a little clicker that unlocks the door for you? Our 12-year-old Volkswagen has one. So, it's not like a wealthy thing. It's an old car, but it has one of those little clickers, and that's how you get in the car. You, you walk up, you hit the clicker, you, the doors unlock, and the dome light comes on, and you step in. Um, we've had this car for, I don't know, four or five years. And a couple of years ago, the clicker that I had for it, for this Volkswagen, it stopped working. So I replaced the battery, you know, you take it all apart, you look on YouTube how you do that, and you've got to use all kinds of little pry bars and you pick it apart and you, you get the battery out, put another battery in, and you put it all back together, praying it works, and you know what happened? It didn't work. I couldn't figure it out. Click, 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 nothing, nothing. Click, I don't understand it. And I uh, went and got another battery well, maybe I, I was sold a battery that, that was bad, and I, I put a new battery in there, and it put it all back together. Still didn't work. Then I thought, well, maybe I've put it in upside down. There's those little disc batteries about the size of a dime. Maybe I put it upside down, or maybe I actually put a dime in instead of a battery. Who knows, right? And, and you look in there, and I, and I put another battery in there, put it back together. Still doesn't work. Well, we're just going to have one key. You know, we're just going to deal with one key. It's not a big deal. It's my key would work if you use that. You know, that little pl- fake plastic key. You never. Anyway, you could get in, but all the alarms would go off. You know, it's really kind of annoying. Um, I couldn't figure it out, and then finally I thought, you know what? I'm going to go break down and buy a new key. It's probably gotten wet or just quit working. So I went to the key shop, and it was closed. <sighs> I was frustrated. So I went home, and you know what? I thought, I'm going to take one more look inside of this little key fob, and I'm going to see what's going on in there. And just to make sure, I know I've done it six or eight times, but maybe there's something wrong. And I took the thing apart, I took the battery out, and you know what I found? There was a little sticker on the back of the battery. that's designed to keep the battery from losing its power while it's on the shelf that you are supposed to remove so that the battery makes contact with the device and it works. So you know what I did? I put it back together with a sticker on it. So, no, I didn't do that, did I? (laughs) Took the sticker off and just gleefully put it in in the clicker, put it all back together and I ran outside and I hit the button and what happened? It worked. It was amazing. Now, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that gratuitous applause. It was well earned. Here's the thing, y'all. Today, we're going to take a look at your heart. I want you to get ready to remove the sticker that's keeping you from connecting with the Holy Spirit. Would you do that? If you find something in the message today that you believe is blocking God's activity in your life, would you commit right now to remove that? See, it's really better to get that out of the way right now because I don't want to get down to the end and we're going, you know, I've already put my defenses up. I'm not going to. Today, this is for those of you who would say, you know, I know there's something that's just not quite right. I'm not quite where I'd like to be spiritually, and I really don't know why, and I've I've opened it up before. I've looked inside my heart, and I just haven't been able to make any progress. I don't really know why. I just want you to commit today that if you find out that there's something blocking your connection with God, would you remove it? Would you let him help you remove it? We're looking at Jonah, chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. And you know the story so far. We've talked about the fact that Jonah is God's communicator. He belongs to God. He's the prophet. And God speaks to him. And Jonah says, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I really want to go to Tarshish because I don't like those Ninevite people. I'm afraid of the pain of Nineveh. I really would just rather go to Tarshish. And so he heads off to Tarshish. And I want you to be encouraged by this. This is God's man. This man has more godliness or should have had at this point than any of us, right? So if God redirects you today, know that it happened to one of his great prophets, right? So don't think that, well, I'm just so low. Listen, this is one of God's men that he spoke through. God of the universe, his name is in the Bible before this, okay? So get ready. See, sometimes I think we're more passionate about pretty much everything else than we are about the assignment of God. If you look at our nation today, people are much more passionate about their political view than they are about the purpose of Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you. Take off the lens of the right and the left and put on the lens of Jesus Christ, his assignment, his purpose. Get passionate about that. Get excited about that. You know, I was, I was in the Bahamas yesterday just to check on Treasure Key. Um, if you know me well, you know it's one of my favorite places in the world. To me, it's like paradise, but you know what? Paradise has been lost. It's devastated. Still, five months later, it's absolutely devastated. And I was thinking as I was walking through the debris and I was seeing just all kinds of household items just tossed everywhere, I was thinking, you know what, this was paradise and paradise has been lost, but there's a paradise that's never gonna be lost. And there's a place that we can help people get to, if we can just get in on God's assignment, if we can help people get to this place that will never be destroyed, where the happiness never ends, and no storm can destroy. And that's what our assignment is today. Look with me at Jonah, chapter one verses 17, verse, chapter one, verses 17 through the second chapter verse 10. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. I want to read the entire passage and then we'll come back and look at it verse by verse. The Bible says this, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up, my life, from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remember the Lord and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols. Forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and had vomited Jonah upon the dry land. You bow your heads and pray with me as we receive God's word. Father, would you speak to us through this amazing prayer? May it be our prayer today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Verse 17 to chapter 1, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Have you ever been hemmed in by God? Have you ever been stopped by God? You were headed one way, and you were trying to get somewhere, and he just stopped you. This is what's happening to Jonah. He's on his way to Tarshish. He's rejected God's assignment for him. He decides, I'm going to go exactly the opposite way, and I'm going to head out into this, in this ship, and I'm going to go exactly where I want to go. And God stops him with this great storm we talked about last week. Jonah gets thrown into the ocean voluntarily to save some by sacrificing his life. They're all going to die. You know, Jonah says, throw me in and I'll die for you because we're all going to die anyway. So they throw him in. The, the sea is calm. And then verse 17, it's an amazing verse if you think about it. God appointed a fish to swallow Jonah. Think about that. You think God's ever appointed a fish to swallow you? it's a miracle. So many people get tied up in this fact, well, was it a whale? Was it a shark? Was it a whale shark? Was it some cavernous, bust-like creature that lived in the depths at that time? I just got to understand this. Know this. It, it could, if you need to know that, it could be a whale shark. That's the most likely uh, candidate. Um, if you're a biologist, you can look that up, and it could happen, and uh, he could swallow. But here's the point. God will go to extraordinary lengths to hem you in. He will go. He has the whole creation at his fingertips. He can appoint a fish to swallow you here today, so be careful about going to the beach. (laughs) It's the only time in Scripture that he does this, so I wouldn't bet on it today. And you may say, well, I'm not in the belly of a fish, so I'm good. I must be going there. Listen, God can use all kinds of things to hem you in. I love Psalm 139. It kind of addresses this. Psalm 139.5 says, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. That's what's happening here. When you are stopped could be a health issue, could be a career issue, could be a natural disaster issue, could be a relationship issue. When you hem me in, you lay your hand upon me. How does that feel? It's almost like you've been running around so much and God says, no, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to put you in a box and I'm going to get to you. I'm going to get your attention. Look at the Verses following that in, in Psalm 139, I just, I just can't go on without sharing this. Even when we run to Tarshish, we can't get away from God. Look at the rest of these next four verses in Psalm 139. He says, you, you hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. In verse 6, get this, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, I cannot attain it. Look, Verse 7, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I free, flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the place of death, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of what the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. Isn't that amazing? The belly of the whale might not be such a bad place. It might not be such a bad place to be. See, the whale is simply God's retrieval agent. Think about that. It's just, it's just his way of retrieving, his wayward child. See, part of what we need to see in this passage is we have to answer the question. Am I in God's retrieval process right now? Is He sent the whale to get me? I think a lot more people are in the retrieval process than realize it. Well, what do you do when you find yourself in the belly of the whale? What do you do? Verse 1 of chapter 2, you pray. Really pray. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, I love this, from the belly of the fish. The author just has to, Jonah just has to include this. Just, Just so you didn't forget where I am right now, I'm in the belly of the fish. Jonah prays, he really prays. You know, it's amazing. We talk about prayer way more than we do it. You know, hey, I, I was in this big, I had this big problem, and my, my career is kind of kind of imploding. I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I, I really wonder what God's doing through this. We talk to everyone else, but have we actually stopped and spent some time before the Lord? We pray, we talk about it so much, but have we actually done it? We actually come before the Lord as Jesus taught us. God, you're holy. You're high up in heaven. God, I want what you want. I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to happen in my life. I submit myself to you. And whatever's happening, Lord, I'm I'm asking for your will to be done and not mine. God, give me what I need to get through the whale belly experience, right? Give me what I need to get through this. Give me the oxygen or whatever else I need oh, by the way, God, forgive me. I repent of my sins. Forgive me of my sins as I've forgiven those who've sinned against me. And lastly, keep me out of trouble. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Have we really prayed? Have we really prayed? When you're in the belly of the whale, the first thing you need to do is pray. Really pray. Don't just talk about it. Actually spend some time doing it. And when you pray, know that he hears, verse 2, saying, Jonah prays, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried, and you heard my voice. When you pray, if you're a child of God, you've received the gift of salvation. Through repentance and faith, he absolutely hears you. Don't pray as though he might hear. He could hear. It might get there. I might have good cell service. I don't know. Pray knowing he does hear. He does hear. There should be some great comfort in that. God, I need you to hear me. When you pray, know that he hears. Jonah, again, he's out of my distress, I prayed. He answered me. Out of the belly, he doesn't say out of the belly of the fish, it says the belly of Sheol, which is the place of death. He, he sees himself so close to death, and he should, right? He's somewhere deep in the ocean in the belly of a fish. It's a good place to start thinking about, you may not make it, right? I'm in the belly of Sheol here. He heard me. Do you think God hears you? See, I think our prayer lives would be a lot different if we really thought God was listening. Do you really think he hears you? Pray, really pray and know that he hears you verse 3. For you cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas and the and the flood surrounded me all, get this, your waves and your billows passed over me. It's not just some waves. It's not just some billowing seas. It's not just some depths. They're gods. They belong to God. What is he saying? He's saying, God, you are doing this to me. You are in control. God, I see your sovereignty. So one of the most important things we need to realize if we're in God's retrieval process is it's God who's at work in me. It's a God who's at work in my situation. So many times I think we miss this. Well, it's just hard times. I don't know what's going on. It's bad. What is God wanting to do? Here's the thing. Jonah knows that he's running from God. He recognizes God's activity in the storm. He recognizes God's activity in the sea. He recognizes God's activity in the belly of the whale. Here's my question. If you're struggling right now, is this God bringing you back? The first thing we need to to think about when crazy stuff starts to happen is, God, are you drawing me back? God, are you doing this in my life to get my attention, to make me stop and pray? God, is this because I have rejected your assignment? See, when stuff starts to happen, you've got to ask that question, where am I with God on what he's told me to do? Where am I? Do I see God's assignment as optional? As we talked about last week, do I I want God's presence without God's purpose? See, a lot of people are in that zone saying, well, you know, I really want to know Jesus, but I really don't want to do anything. I really want to live a good life, and I really want to feel good about myself, but I I really don't want to do anything. I really just want to kind of go through life and just like everyone else and have the same dreams and hopes. Listen, that's not going to work. You're in the retrieval process. That's where Jonah is. We've got to recognize what God is doing. And the way that you do that, as you see, how have I responded to God's assignment? To be sure, going to Nineveh is hard. Amen? To be sure, living out God's assignment is difficult. It's challenging. You're going to face some hard things. You're going to get sick. Things are going to happen. But your question always is this. Am I in the center of God's will? Or is he bringing me back to that center? Have I rejected his assignment or am I in the middle of his assignment? It really is not a long thought process. You can get there in just a couple minutes. Am I in on God's assignment or am I on my way to Tarshish? That's the question. Don't miss what God is doing when you find yourself in his water taxi. Verse 4. Jonah continues his prayer, he said, then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet shall again, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. This is two sides of the same coin, but it expresses Jonah's confidence. He says, on one hand, I'm driven away from your sight, I'm in the belly of a whale, not many people can see you there, right? God, I feel like I'm out of your sight, I'm away from your people, I'm away from your temple, he said, but I shall again. Look upon your holy temple. It's his faith coming to the surface here. I am driven away. In other words, God, you are dealing with me. God, you are, you are you're chastising me. But I know in that chastisement, what? That you love me. God only chastises those he loves. God, you, you care about me. I belong to you. See, we have to trust that he's saving me even in the midst of the whale belly experience. He says, I again shall look upon your holy temple. You're bringing me back. And it's you that's doing it, not me. It's you. Trust that he is saving you. Verses 5 and 6. just. Jonah continues. He says, the water closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Get this. He is acknowledging the desperation of his state. Imagine the picture as he's going down and the seaweed starts to wrap around his neck. Let me ask you, have you ever struggled so much that you kind of couldn't breathe? You kind of, I don't know what I'm going to do, God. That's how it must have felt. The seaweeds wrapping around his throat. He's going down into the deep further and further and further. The weeds are wrapping around his head. At the roots of the mountains was a metaphor to them that you were going down to the place of the dead. They believe that the mountains really began in the heart of the sea. And so when he says, I I got down to the roots of the mountain, I was really so close to death. And he went down uh, to the land whose the bars closed in over him. He felt like there's no way out. Like he's in jail in the depths of the waters. That's the picture of Jonah. See, when we think about what God is doing in our lives, we have to recognize the desperation. That without Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Without Jesus Christ, we have no purpose. Without God's rescue, there's no way out. We're in jail. And that's how Jonah is, what he's saying. You feel like, I can't get out of this thing I'm in. I can't get out of this hemmed-in place. But then in verse 6, look at that again. The last part of the verse, he says, Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God. Jonah's saying look, the whale is a rescue vessel. You see, when God stops you and he hems you in, that's his rescue vessel. That means he is rescuing you. He's given you the opportunity to respond. That's really good news. That's really good news. He sees the whale belly as his rescue rather than his doom. Yet he's a long way from safety at this point, right? He's in the whale belly. But because what God has miraculously done, Jonah has confidence that he who began a good work in him is faithful to complete it until the day, right? Philippians 1, 6. He is confident that what God has begun in the whale belly, he's going to spit out on the land. I love that sense of joy. So even when you're in the midst of being hemmed in, even in the midst when God's hand is on you, even when you're in the whale bell, you're wondering how this is going to work out, because God is working on you, be confident He's going to complete it. And it's going to be amazing. Verse 7. Jonah says, Then my life when my life was fainting away, I remembered. I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. See, Jonah doesn't just say, well, this has been fun. God, you're God. I acknowledge your God. You got my attention. I can't go to Tarshish. That's great. He doesn't stay there, does he? What does he do? He says, I remember. Now, that word remember in Hebrew has an action tied to it. It's not just to think, you know, hey, I remember my grandma today, so I thought about her, right? No, it's like, I remembered my grandma, so I went to see her, right? That's what what that word really means. And what he means is, I remembered and I changed my direction. This is like the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15. You know, the prodigal son says, Dad, I I want my share of the inheritance. He goes off and loses it all. And when he's in the midst of this horrible situation, what does he do? He remembers that in his father's house, the employees are better off than he is right now. That's the picture of Jonah in the whale belly. As my life was fainting away, I remembered. I remembered. See, this is a picture of repentance. I remembered the Lord. I remembered who I was. I remembered who I am at my core. I remember who you've called me to be, God. I remembered that. And I turned and my prayer came to you, Lord, in your Holy Temple. See, when God stops us, we're hemmed in. It's a time to say, God, I'm sorry I've been heading to Tarshish. I'm sorry I've been reaching out for the exotic, the super cool, the fun, the pleasure, the paradise on earth. I'm sorry I've been reaching for that rather than taking care of your assignment. I remembered where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing. Verse 8 Jonah says, those who pay regard to vain to, to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Whew, I think Jonah's starting to get it. Those who pay regard to vain idols. In other words, those who are always on their way to Tarshish, always thinking it's going to be the next job that's going to make me happy. It's going to be the next experience that's going to make me happy. It's going to be the next relationship that's going to make me happy. It's going to be the next, the next Good meal, the good cup of coffee, the next song, the next event, the next sporting event, the next Super Bowl victory, whatever it is, it's going to make me happy. Those are called vain idols. When they take us away from the assignment. It's not that it's bad to have a good meal or a great sporting event. It's that when that is what I'm all about and I leave God's assignment to go to Tarshish, that's what I'm doing. I'm abandoning what God gave me to do as the core, the focus of my life. And I'm in God's retrieval process. When we pay attention to vain idols, we forsake the hope of hesed, which is God's steadfast love. His steadfast love. You know what that means? It means even when you're on your way to Tarshish, God still loves you. He loves you enough to put a storm in your way. He loves you enough to cast you into the ocean and rescue you with a submarine called a whale or a fish or whatever it is. God's love never fails. When we choose vain idols, we reject this love that is so unbelievably reliable. We miss out on what he wants to do. You have to let go of the heart of Tarshish. In order to repent truly, I have to let go of all these vain idols, of all these things that have pulled me away from the assignment of God. See, this repentance process, it's starting to peel that sticker off that battery. And it's starting to engage that battery in the device so you can do and be what you were meant to do and be. Let go of Tarshish. And then verse 9, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah's saying, God, I want to make your assignment the focus of my life. The focus of my life. You say, Steve, does that mean I can't work? Does that mean I can't? No, here's what it means. Everything needs to revolve around God. How can I help people know Jesus? How can, I, how can I help disciples be made? How can I help Ninevites come to Christ? How can I help the people around me know you? That's got to be the focus of our lives. Otherwise, I would say, and I think Scripture bear me out, we're on our way to Tarshish. And we're in the retrieval process. Jonah says, I'm going to do what I was called to do. I'm tired of this. I made my vow, I am. I belong to, to Yahweh, I belong to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I'm going to fulfill what God has made me. I'm going, I'm doing it, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm in it, because that's who you called me to be, and thank you for retrieving me. That's really what he's saying. Verse 10, if that's where you are, get ready. Get ready. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah up upon the dry land. It's the the best case of indigestion in all of Scripture. Amen. (laughs) Wouldn't you love to see that? Can you imagine being on the beach this morning and seeing that? Hey, there's a whale. Call everyone. And all of a sudden, the whale just spits out Jonah and heads back out to sea. It is a miracle. But God delivers Jonah back where he needed to be back in position to be used by him in a miraculous way. Let me ask you a question. Could it be that the biggest difficulty in your life is the result of a fixation on Tarshish? Could that be the biggest challenge that you have? Because God keeps pulling you back from going too far. He keeps throwing in storms. He keeps sending out whales. He keeps stopping you. But you still say, I just want Tarshish. I don't want my assignment, God. Could that be true? If so, that's the sticker on the battery that keeps you from being effective. It's the sticker on the battery that keeps God's spirit from working in your life. There's so many good things in our world to distract us, so many fun things, so many exciting things, but the most exciting thing is to help people from wherever they are to take steps toward Jesus and toward eternity. Are you focused on a great retirement or on helping people into eternity? Would you rather be popular or populate heaven? Would you rather have what you want or have people have Jesus? What's the focus of your life? Here's my challenge this morning. Would you pray the prayer of Jonah? Would you pray the prayer of Jonah? God, I know you're drawing me to you. I know it. I know it. I know that I've rejected your assignment and I need to change. God, this this is getting scary and I need to turn. And I want to turn to you. And I want to go to Nineveh. I know Nineveh is going to be hard, but I'm, I want to go there because that's who you've made me to be. That's the core of who I am. I, 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 just like in Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will make me known in Nineveh. God, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. Will you pray that prayer? The prayer of Jonah. Because today, it's all about making him known. It's all about making him known. Don't settle for being on the periphery of God's people. Of knowing about Jesus. Of having some level of him in your life. Don't settle for that because you're in the retrieval process and the whale belly is not where you want to live. You need to live on the way to Nineveh. That's my challenge for you today. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If this message spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or on social media. Just tag us at First Baptist Del Rey. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to fbcdelray.com. Hope to see you again next time. God bless.